Hello, I'm Graham Hall, and this is Talking Dogs. I always feel as though I want to say that with an American accent. (laughs) This is Talking Dogs. (laughs) It's the podcast where I use my almost decade and a half of experience as a dog trainer to answer the burning questions that you have about your dog's worrying, frustrating, or even slightly funny behaviour. Now, I'm often called the dog father. I'm on TV's Dogs Behaving Very Badly. Uh, I've written a couple of books and I work with owners and their dogs one-to-one too. However bizarre you think your dog's issue is, I'll bet you a pretty penny I've seen it before. And if I haven't, well, that's okay. I'm always up for a challenge. Today, I want to talk about dogs and their toys. For those that are motivated by them, toys can be a brilliant reward during training. And play is also really important for dogs too. Now, I'll come to the latter in a bit. But first, let's think about toys in the context of training. Corey sent me a voice note. Hi, right, Graham. Just a quick one. So, basically, my problem is I've got a nine-month female Rottweiler. And she's not toy motivated at all. So, like, when I'm teaching out and things like that, it's quite hard to do with food. Because, obviously, she just eats it straight away. Anything we try and do with the toy, she's not bothered. I've got a flirt pull and try and make it more alive and fun for her, which she'll chase twice and then look at me going, I ain't doing that no more. And then if I throw a ball or anything distance, she she looks at it, looks back at me and goes, yep, you can chase that. So how do I get around this problem? Because it's proving difficult. <laughs> well, I'm chuckling uh, for a couple of reasons. One is the nature of Rottweilers, and the second is your accent, Corey. I think you're, you're not from a million miles away from where I come from. I'm sure you must be from Yorkshire. Uh, it's that I ain't doing that no more. That's classic, isn't it? I could just imagine a Rottweiler with a Yorkshire accent. Um, and the reason for that is that uh, both Yorkshiremen and Rottweilers are famously a bit stubborn, really. You can always tell a Yorkshireman, but you can't tell him much. Uh, and you could well say the same about a Rottweiler. Somebody once sent me an email. Uh, it was like a funny email. And you know the old thing about how many, uh, you know, for example, how many Californians does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer is like seven, one to do it and six to ex- share in the experience. Well, this was the different dog breeds and what they would say if you asked them to change a light bulb. Um, the Border Collie was, you know, when I've changed the light bulb, do you want me to check out the wiring in the house? Because they're so clever. The Boxer was, oh, we don't need to change the light bulb because I could play with me toys in the dark, right? And the Rottweiler simply said, make me. <laughs> and it sounds like that's what you've got going on there. Yeah, a toy is a good thing, actually, to teach the out command. So let's go back to your initial um, issue there. Yeah, doing it with food, I just wouldn't bother because <laughs> you're right. Um, she's going to be gunk, what are you are going to do? You know, I've swallowed it. You know, now make me let, let go of it. So get a, something like a... Um, a ball with a rope on it, something the size of a tennis ball, with something like a rotty, you're probably going to want the hard rubber kind of thing that they can't really rip to bits. If you leave it lying around, sooner or later, she's probably going to pick it up. And typically what happens is if you then try and take it away from her with the rope bit, so you've got your hand a couple of inches away from the sharp pointy end of her, right? Um, she's going to go, no, no, I don't think so, right? And then it's sort of game on, right? So if she wants to sort of tug on it, that's fine. Just don't rev her up all right when don't want to make a sort of dangerous game out of this where she she learns to be possessive about things but you simply hold on be a post if you're really boring sooner or later she'll she'll drop it as soon as she drops it you go oh, good girl you give it back to her all right so she gets this connection of ah okay so 
if I let go, I get it back. Let go, get it back, let go, get it back. Ah, oh, this is quite a good game. The mistake that most people make is as soon as a dog lets go, particularly if they've been holding on for five minutes, I'm thinking actually of a one-to-one -one I did oh, ages ago with a female Rottweiler. Uh, we got to the end of the night and it's, oh, by the way, got a problem with um, tennis balls, you know. She picks one up, she won't let go. And she was a real sweetheart, that dog. But as soon as she got this ball, it was like, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm in trouble here. So as soon as you put your hand on it, it was like, uh, and, and even lifting a, lifting a bit of a lip, you think, well, I'm in trouble here. Uh, she's not actually going to bite me, but she's clearly sending a signal. So that wasn't five minutes, that was more like 20. But it was a case of, God, blimey, you know, I, I thought we were finished, I thought we were done, but I'm here for the duration. When they let go, you give it back. The temptation, as what I was going to say, was to whip it away. That's what most people do. They whip away the toy, in this case a ball, and they go, look, you know, have a treat instead. And the dog's thinking, I don't want a treat right now, I want that thing. So you're rewarding them with the thing that they want most, so you give it back to them in that moment. Now, one of the things I think is really important, Corey, is that we don't uh, create a, a problem with your dog. So with a lot of the more powerful dogs, um, you don't want to get yourself into a tug-of-war game that you lose time and time again. We don't want to teach your dog that if they grab something, hold on, and tug and tug, and you know, you and I know what a Rottweiler can tug like, that they will win, because that's you can see where that's going to lead. That's going to be bad news. So you will hear people say, oh, you must never, ever play some sort of tuggy game with with a powerful dog now i don't subscribe to that view i've got to say but you do have to be careful about how you do it you want to set it up in a way that the dog's rewarded for letting go so i'd play the game and when she does let go we reward her there's a question really about how do you reward her but at the same time, you can put a command on top. So at the moment that she lets go of the thing, the ball, whatever it is, initially we're, we're saying that command as she's doing it, right? So I quite like the word out because it just has a bit of authority to it. It sounds like a bark, actually, out. You might prefer drop or leave or leave it or something like that, but be really consistent about your command. But here's the thing. You're not going to be saying it before she lets go. Because if she's seizing onto it, uh, you know, she's clamped down on it and we're going out, out, out. She's like, oh, out means clamp on, right? Because I hear that word every time I'm doing this thing. It's not what you had in mind. So initially, you're not saying what's going to be your command uh, until she's doing the thing. She then goes, oh, okay, so I hear this soundtrack out as I'm opening my mouth. Oh, opening my mouth is is out is it who knew that right and if i open my mouth he plays with me or he gives me you know he, he gives me the toy back so you're always making that reward that if you let go you're a good girl yeah further down the line of course she picks up something either something you don't want her to pick up you know or a, or a toy and you want to play with her you say out she goes out oh, hang on i know what that means oh this thing i'll let go yeah i let go get rewarded for it now you're in control of the game now you can play with her that's fine and what you haven't done is created yourself a bigger problem for the future so i think corey you've got a dog who's probably not that fussed about toys and balls and all that kind of thing i wouldn't be using food to do an out command because yeah as you found out it's just too easy for it to swallow it's gone what you're going to do but if you use a toy well sooner or later i think she will be interested and the trigger to that might be when you go to take it off her 
that could well work. Yeah, lovely dogs, Rotties. Got themselves a bad name a few years ago. Well, 20, 30 years ago, I suppose, it started. The old devil dog thing in the papers. And, and I, as lots of people know, a couple of Rottweilers myself. Lovely, lovely dogs. But their, their motto in life is, make me. I've had another voice note about a dog who doesn't seem particularly interested in toys. Now, this one is from Isabel. Hi, Graham. I've got a question about our rescue dog, Sadie. She's about five years old and fed her for a couple of months and she's settled in really well. But she's not showing any interest at all in toys. She'll play games with us that involve food, so playing hide and seek and getting a treat. Um, but we'd really like to be able to play fetch or something like that with her. We've tried um, getting really excited about a toy to get her interested in it. And we tried putting food on toys, but she just eats the food off and then loses interest. So we wondered if you had any tips for us to get her interest in playing with toys with us. Thank you. Mm. First things first, I mean, not all dogs are that bothered about toys and play, although it is good to keep them mentally stimulated. There's different ways of doing that. Um, so you're playing hide and seek. That's all good. Some dogs really just look at a ball and go, bleh, I'm a bothered, right? A bit like if you rewarded me with spinach, right? I know it's good for me, but really, spinach? I'm not that keen, if I'm honest. Give me a custard cream or a £10 note, and I'm very happy. But spinach? Meh. It's just not my kind of thing. And some dogs are a bit like that with balls. So you might be up against it a bit. Now, you've had Sadie for a couple of months. Um, dogs take a bit of time sometimes to get their feet under the table. She's a rescue dog. We don't know her background, of course. So often when dogs learn to play with toys early on, that's it for life. And if they don't learn at that stage, if she's come from an environment where she was just perhaps a bit neglected, dare I say, or nobody bothered with her very much, it's a bit harder when they get further down the line. And the other thing is that even if she is the playful type, it may well be, even now, a couple of months that she's not quite fully come out of her shell. So you might find it, it just happens anyway. However, I've had an idea. So you're playing hide-and-seek with her. She'll go into the living room, with the sound of it, seek out the, the bits of food, and she'll have the food, right? You want her to to fetch things back. Well, there's no point asking her to fetch the food to you. Why would she? She's going to go and find it and gobble it and that's that. But what we could do is something that ticks all of the boxes here. A bit of bonding with you, a bit of brain training and creating a bit of happiness as well. We could put a trace inside something that she can't quite get to. Right. So what you want to do is like a little pot, the tiniest little pot, like a little bit of, of Tupperware, or I'll tell you what I've used in the past, you don't get them anymore. You, if you remember the old 35mm film cameras, the films came in a little plastic pot with a snap on top. You know the ones? Just big enough to put some food inside, but you need first to punch a few holes in the plastic so the smell comes out, your dog knows they're there, but they can't get into it. It's so frustrating. What's your dog going to do well what you need is a handy human with opposable thumbs so what you do is you pick up the toy with the smell in it that you can't quite get to and you bring it back to the human human then goes oh good girl well done so that really would be a good way to go all you need is the right bit of kit you know the right little pot or something like that get two or three of those drill some holes in them put some food in that's quite smelly 
So it could be a bit of, um, oh, I don't know, it could be a bit of cream cheese, for example, something like that. Uh, a bit of dog-appropriate um, sort of peanut butter, something, or pate perhaps, that's, something that's really smelly, and, and they need you to sort of stick your finger in and, and get it out, and, you know, and you're working together on it. So off you go. You know the game. It's hide-and-seek, but now with a difference. And guess what? You're going to need me to get your reward. Go fetch. I think often when you get a dog, you've got an image in your mind of how they're going to behave, what they're going to do. So either you've never had a dog before and you've just seen dogs doing fetch and think, well, they, they just all do that. Or perhaps you did have a dog before that was naturally brilliant at it. But not all are, of course. So it does take a little bit of work. And ultimately, it might not be the ideal thing for that dog. So the thing is that dogs naturally will tend to be more food motivated or toy motivated, but there are crafty ways of combining the two. And this might well be the way to do it. Keeping dogs mentally stimulated is really important. We always think about exercising them physically, but often I've come across dogs that, that have walked two, three hours a day, but they're still going to be stir-crazy in the house. Why would that be? Well, because we've not sort of exercised their brains perhaps quite enough. Maybe it's the same boring walk time after time. Uh, I once went out to see a family who'd been told that their dog needed more exercise, physical exercise, and as a family, they took it in turns to walk the dog round the block. And they were walking the dog round the block for four hours a day. And I think it was a fairly big block in the housing estate. But the dog, I think, was just bored to tears. Super fit. He'd become quite the athlete. He was able to keep up his bad behaviour in the house effortlessly. He had the stamina of, a, of an Olympian. But he just wasn't being stimulated mentally. And there's lots of ways of doing that. Uh, lots of sort of brain training ideas out there. And all the time, if you do a Google search, you'll come across lots of new puzzles. Some of them are things that you can try at home that cost you absolutely nothing. Others, yeah, there's puzzles that you can buy as well. And finally, for this episode, because we've been talking about getting dogs to play, typically with toys, there are some dogs that really just won't thank you for it. And, it, and again, it varies from breed to breed. You'll rarely come across a boxer who doesn't want to be playful. But you may well come across another dog, let's have a think of a breed, maybe a Labrador, who's really food obsessed, but just can't be bothered with a toy. It's just not them. So don't beat yourself up if you do have a dog that just doesn't want to play. There are different ways of mentally stimulating them. I think that's really important. You could play the hide-and-seek game with food, for example, if it was a dog like that Labrador I've just mentioned. But if you have got one who, despite your best efforts, just, just is telling you, look, toys, not me, can't be bothered, you know, give it up, then that's fine. Don't feel guilty. Don't get obsessed about keeping your dog entertained all the time, you know. They'll play, they sleep, um, they eat. They're quite happy. And also, by the way, dogs sleep a lot more than humans. I've always said a happy dog will sleep all night and half the day as well. So get the mix right. A bit of physical exercise, a bit of mental exercise, quite a lot of sleep. They're happy. What is it your dog does that you can't seem to find a solution for? Do they have severe separation anxiety? Maybe they listen beautifully to you, but not to the rest of the family. Well, send a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com and I could just be offering you some advice on a future episode. And remember, I might have already covered the problem that you're having, so you can always scroll back through your podcast feed and listen to lots of the other episodes as and when you need them. 
Until next time then, take care of yourself and your dog, won't you? Bye for now.